Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. The youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 11 o'clock tonight before we hand the ball off to the JR Sport Brief. Uh, He'll take you through the wee hours of the morning. Right now, though, I want to keep things on the National Football League. They were in the news earlier today for uh, the NFL's gambling policy being violated. Adam Schefter of ESPN reporting that the NFL expected to hand down those suspensions uh, to Isaiah Rogers of the Indianapolis Colts and the others who violated the policy uh, a little bit later on this week. This is after a pretty lengthy investigation into the violation of the NFL's gambling policy. So we'll see if there are any other prominent names that come out outside of Isaiah Rogers of the Indianapolis Colts, but it's going to be interesting. And I think this thing is going to get messy. I wonder what the NFLPA thinks about this. And that's, that's one angle of this that we haven't really touched on. Is the NFLPA okay with the gambling policies that have been created? Because I don't think if they were, we'd hear about it because I don't think that's something that would stop the CBA from getting negotiated or done. So, We'll see as the week progresses here if there are any other prominent names that end up getting suspended, whether or not the NFLPA uh, tries to fight this or not. I teased it before we went to the break. I said there was a prominent tight end in the National Football League that spoke out and was pretty candid about his feelings on the use of cannabis. Shocker, it is Super Bowl winning champion, arguably the best tight end in NFL history, uh, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey. He did an interview, I believe it was two days ago, in Vanity Magazine, and Travis Kelsey, and I'm not shocked by this number that he's about to give, Travis Kelsey thinks that between 50 and 80% of players in the NFL use cannabis. Now, the use of cannabis in the National Football League and guys speaking out about it has become much more prevalent since the laws in the United States have loosened up on the use of cannabis, but... I believe this was, what, a couple of months ago or maybe two or three weeks ago, Le'Veon Bell, the great Pittsburgh Steelers running back, came out on a podcast and admitted that, hey, I used to smoke cannabis before every NFL game. So I don't think Le'Veon Bell is in the minority. We've heard guys like Marshawn Lynch 
uh, do it before games. I've heard of guys like Morgan Moses uh, being prominent users of cannabis. Trent Williams. Some of the best players in the National Football League are avid users of cannabis. So I'm not shocked when Travis Kelsey thinks about 50 and 80% of the players in the league use it. The NBA, I love the stance that they've taken on cannabis. They've realized that, hey, pretty much every player in our damn league smokes weed, so let's stop cracking down on it. I think the NFL may eventually take the same stance. Kelsey goes on to add this. Kelsey adds that many players consistently pass drug tests. Quote, if you just stop in the middle of July, you're fine, he says. Doesn't it sound like Travis Kelsey is speaking from personal experience when it comes to using cannabis before games? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't, man. Yeah, know, I'm the youngest in charge moving, but I also don't discriminate, man. I got nothing against anybody who chooses to blaze a little bit of Mary Jane during their free time. But Travis Kelsey went, also went on to say this. A lot of guys stop a week before and they still pass because everyone's working out in the heat and sweating their tail off. Nobody's really getting hit for it anymore. Now, I brought this up because one of the best success stories in the National Football League, one of the most talented players in the National Football League, to me, has always been former Cleveland Browns wide receiver Josh Gordon. And you all remember the turmoil he had to go through and the lengthy suspensions that he had to deal with as a result of the use of cannabis. Now, make no mistake about it. If Josh Gordon never got suspended as many times as he did, and if Josh Gordon ever lucked up to be in a situation where he had a prominent quarterback, make no mistake about it. Josh Gordon, during his heyday, was one of the best five to seven wide receivers in the National Football League. And who knows what type of career a guy like him or a guy like a Martavis Bryant or a guy like a Fred Davis would go on to have if the NFL loosened up a little bit on his cannabis policies. And I give respect to Roger Goodell and company trying to trying to be understanding of the time, so to speak. Because everywhere across the country, it feels like laws regarding marijuana are being loosened. Hell, on July 1st, right here in the DMV in Maryland, recreational use of marijuana will become legal. You'll be able to walk down the street in Maryland smoking a blunt coming up here in the next three or four days. So it clearly shows the way the government and things are are now viewing cannabis. So I wonder if a prominent player like Travis Kelsey comes out and speaks in support of cannabis, will it change the NFL's stance on it? I'm interested to see, man. I'm interested to see. Like I said, coming up in about 21 minutes or so, our pal Eric Eager, uh, formerly a pro football focus, he is now the host of the Summer Sports Podcast with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. He's set to join the program at 8.30. I would love to ask Eric Eager his thoughts on what Travis Kelsey had to say on the use of cannabis. We'll also ask Eric Eager about some of the hot-button topics around the National Football League as we get geared up for training camp. Uh, Speaking of training camp, we actually had some of the schedules released for training camp earlier today, and there was a little bit of an interesting caveat in terms of the Washington Commanders. For the first time since I can really remember, I didn't really think about this until our pal Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch brought this up. For the first time in a while, the Washington Commanders are going to have their rookies report to training camp about a week before the veterans do. 
Now, I understand in the grand scheme of things, it probably doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. But I'm just looking at every little wrinkle and tweak that I can find when it comes to the 2023 Washington Commanders because I think it all speaks to this renewed sense of urgency, I think, that there is within that building. I don't know what led to this decision. I don't know why they ended up making the decision. All I do know is this. They've made the decision. So we'll see how it impacts the day-to-day operations of training camp. We'll see if it helps any of the young pups get ahead. But I did think it was curious or was that it was interesting that Washington, uh, really for the first time that I can remember, deciding to go with the training camp format of having the rookies report an entire week early uh, instead of having them report on the same day as the veterans do. So it'll be interesting to see, man, what happens with the rookies. If I'm a rookie, though, am I, am I angry about this? Am I happy about this? I'm thinking, if you're Washington, what a great opportunity to evaluate your football team. If I'm a rookie that is on the bubble of making this roster, wouldn't you think you got a better shot at sticking around and making the 53-man roster or getting tossed on the practice squad if the coaching staff gets to see you for an extra week? I would have to think a, a fringe roster guy would have to benefit from something like that. It'll be interesting to see, man. I can't wait to get an explanation from Ron Rivera and company as to why they're deciding to go this way. But like I said, it all speaks to this renewed sense of urgency that I feel like uh, now exists within the Washington Commanders locker room. Going into year four of a five-year deal, Ron Rivera and company fully understand that in order to keep their job past the 2023 season, they've got to do whatever they can to win football games. Doesn't matter if they win every game three to zero. They've got to win. Point blank, period. Like I said, we'll keep our conversation on the National Football League going uh, at about 8.30 when our pal Eric Eager joins the program. Uh, We'll continue things on the Burgundy and Gold when we come back. We'll pause a second, pay some bills, and when we do return, I want to take your calls. 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Is the glass half full or half empty for the Washington Commanders heading into the 2023 season? I'll tell you what I think next as the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. one 1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. That's the same handle on Twitter and Instagram. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. I want to take your calls on this commander's topic I came up with, man. We're about a month out from the start of training camp for the Washington Commanders. And as we get closer to the start of camp, I figured we'd get into some hot and heavy conversation regarding the burgundy and gold. And I want to Start off with something light here tonight. Considering all the moves that have been made this offseason, bringing in Eric Bieniemy, adding two new starters along the offensive line, going out and bringing in eight new members of your football team via the draft, bringing in Eric Bieniemy as the team's offensive coordinator, Daniel Snyder about to officially agree to sell the football team. With all that being said, As we sit here a month out from training camp, you think the glass is half empty or half full for the Washington Commanders heading into 2023? 1-800-636-1067 is the number on the MGM National Harbor Listen Lines. I want to go to Don and D. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) No, we're having trying to test out the phones here in studio. I thought I'd go to Don in D.C. real quick, but... uh, I realize he just hung up on us. But no, do you think the glass is half empty or half full when it comes to the Washington Commanders? It's interesting to me because, as I said, I believe this was last night on overtime. No, I'm just messing with you. I believe I said this last night on overtime. I don't know if it's just because Daniel Snyder is about to sell the team and there's just a natural optimism around the team. But, man, when I really sit back and think about what the 2023 season is going to hold for the Burgundy and Gold, I have no choice but to be optimistic. That's the word I'd use to describe how I'm feeling about the Burgundy and Gold heading into 2023. I'd say the glass, I'd say the glass is half full. Think about it. Defensively. We talked about this last night. Defensively, in 2023, coming off a year in which you were, hands down, a top five to seven group, getting Chase Young back, adding two new starters on the defense by way of Quan Martin and Emmanuel Forbes, with those additions and Chase coming back healthy, how can you not argue that Washington isn't going to have the best defense in football next year. I'm not normally when you would say that in, in years prior, you, you'd seem like you're making a bold declaration. But realistically speaking, when you look at the schedule that Washington plays, and when you look at the entire state of the NFC, how can you realistically sit back and say that Washington can't have the best defense in football next year? So if they do have the best defense of football next year, to me that automatically puts you in the conversation of 
punching your ticket to the postseason. The number one thing to me that is going to determine the success of the Washington Commanders during the 2023 season, I'm not giving away state secrets when I say this, Sam Howell in this offense has to take another step forward. Sam Howell in this offense have to give you professional major league production, straight up. I said it numerous times last year. At times when watching this commander's offense last year, I felt like I was watching my high school team. I felt like I was watching my college team. I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible at times. And it's not like they were bad because of a lack of weapons. To me, they were bad because they didn't have a grown-up in the room calling the plays. Which is why I feel like the glass should be considered half full for Washington. Think about, think about the conversations we were having right here on these very airwaves following the Week 18 game when the team announced that Scott Turner was going to get fired as the offensive coordinator. Think about how we felt at that point. It was like, oh, okay, kind of came by surprise, but I understood it. They want it better. Think about some of the names that were being tossed around as possible replacements for Scott Turner. Think about some of the names we were talking about. Pat Shermer was a name that was rumored. Thomas Brown from the LA Rams. Bottom line is, it wasn't a lot of inspiring candidates being rumored for the job. And then all of a sudden, the rumor comes out that Eric Bieniemy is going to take a meeting with the Washington Commanders. And the next thing you know, boom, Eric Bieniemy is the next offensive coordinator, and assistant head coach of this football team. In terms of how this offseason has went, outside of them sitting on their hands, in my opinion, when it comes to the offensive line, how can you not consider this offseason a slam dunk for the Washington Commanders? And with that being said, it's hard to sell me on the idea of that glass being half empty going into next year. Because no matter what happens next year, I still like the talent that exists on this roster. The big hope this year is that finally Washington can find an answer and a solution to the game's most important position, talking about the quarterback position. If that can be the case, the sky's the limit for the Washington Commanders. And I'm not saying the sky's the limit like, oh, they have a chance to make the playoffs. No. I'm saying the sky's the limit as they have an opportunity to punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. Look at the landscape in the NFC and tell me why, as fans, we shouldn't have Super Bowl-type caliber expectations for this group. And I'm not saying this because it's the end of June and we're hunting for content. This is how I really feel. Look at what this group has on paper. I understand there are some hypotheticals that we must sort through before I can really get to the bottom of this thing. But when you look at the rest of the NFC, they're in the team that scares you. Look at the team that represented this conference in the Super Bowl last year. You went up to their crib in the middle of the season and put your foot in their ass. How can you not feel confident about what this year's group can accomplish when they take on Philadelphia? Look at it from the landscape of just the quarterback position alone. There's Jalen Hurts. 
And there's a bunch of Jags. Just the guy, as my guy Grant Paulson coined the phrase. I'm not trying to come out and speak in hyperboles, but as we sit here a month out from training camp, how can you not be overly excited about the possibilities that this football team has in 2023? I'll continue to say this till I'm blue in the face. If they can get adequate average play, On the offensive side of the football, the sky is the limit for the 2023 Washington Commanders. Think about how close this team was to punching their ticket to the postseason last year, and you were getting JV-level play out of the quarterback position. You were getting Division III college-level offense. It was horrible at times. Yet, at the end of the day, during the final stretch of games in the season, you were right in the thick of the playoff race. It's about building on that. And based on what I've seen from this group during the spring, 110%, I think, the glass has to be considered half full going into training camp. We'll keep our conversation going on the Washington Commanders on the other side of this break. Our pal Eric Eager, he is the host of the Summer Sports Podcast with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. He's set to join the program next. We'll ask him the same question I just posed out to you guys. Is the glass half full or half empty for the Washington Commanders heading into 2023? Eric Eager coming up next. It's over time here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally. On the free Odyssey app, the youngest in charge movement, Linnell Willingham, riding with it till 11 o'clock tonight before we dish the rock to the JR Sport Brief. Right now, though, I want to continue our conversation surrounding the National Football League, and to do so, we go out to the BetQL guest hotline where our pal Eric Eager uh, joins us. He is the co-host of the Summer Sports Podcast with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. Make sure you give Eric a follow on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore Easy E. What's going on, my man? How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, things have uh, you know things have slowed down this summer, but we're, we're only like 70 days until the uh, the first game of the season, so it's, it's kind of crazy. It is absolutely crazy, and I'm glad. I appreciate you, my man, for giving us an official day to the start of the regular season countdown, man. Because as we get into the dog days of summer, Eric, you understand in our profession, creating content becomes a little bit more difficult. Uh, the question I was posing out to the listeners before we had you on, Eric, is considering everything that's happened on and off the field with the Washington Commanders this summer, I want to start there. Would you say the glass is half empty or half full for the Commanders heading into 2023? Yeah, good question. I think probably, I think there's got to be optimism yeah. and half fullness, right? You know, Eric Bieniemy, I think, is one of the good you know, minds in the sport right now, and they, they get a, a bite at the apple there because some teams didn't want to give him a, a shot to be a head coach. I think Sam Howell has potential. Jahan Dotson, uh, I know he, he had his quote the other day. He yeah. said, you know, no one's considering me. I think he's uh, a tremendous wide receiver, McLaurin as well. The, you know, you do have some issues with Chase Young there, but that's a great defensive line, and one of the reasons they didn't give Chase Young the fifth-year option is that they're loaded there. I think there's there's reason for optimism. Plus, you, you play in an NFC, Washington does, <laughs> that you know you you do you know you do some things right, and you're in the playoffs. And 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 Washington hasn't been there since 2020, and 
and, and hasn't, you know, had a winning season where they made the playoffs in quite some time. So I think that, I think it's glass half full for me, for them. Yeah, I tend to agree with you, man. And obviously being a 25-year-old fan of the team, Eric, I'm a lot more bullish on Washington than some other <laughs> pundits are, but bear with me, man. I, I was saying before we brought you on, considering the state of the NFC right now, specifically at the quarterback position, outside of Philadelphia, I do think that there is a clear or, or not a clear-cut answer for the number two team in the conference. Obviously, San Francisco loses in the NFC Championship game. They bring a lot of their roster back. But, Eric, with their uncertainty at the quarterback position, how much are you confident that the 49ers are going to be able to get back to the promised land? Yeah, I mean, not very. You know, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. We've seen him squeeze a lot of juice out of the orange. But we've also seen, you know, since 2011, and I know that's Harbaugh era sometimes, that's Chip Kelly era Mm -hmm. sometimes, but since 2011, the Niners have either won, made it to the NFC title game or lost 10 or more games every wow. single year except for one. So they're very boomer bust. If, yeah. if things go badly for them injury-wise on the defensive line, offensive line, quarterback, you know, most of the time they're not able to overcome it. When everything goes well, then they're great. And, in fact, they're a tough matchup in the playoffs. But they got to get to the playoffs. And that, that is always a, a hurdle for them. You know, the only thing I'll say is that division, you know, last year the Arizona Cardinals had a win total of eight and a half. Now it's, you know, they're four and a half. They're one of the worst teams, yeah. probably the worst team in football coming into the year. The Rams are rebuilding as well. I think the Seahawks are the, uh, are the sneaky one there. I think they could be pretty good, especially with getting Witherspoon and, and Smith and Jigba there. Although rookies don't always do, uh, you know, what you expect in year one. That's a good addition for them. So I, when I look at the NFC, I think about Detroit. I think about Seattle. I think about those teams that have – you know, good operational quarterbacks that can make plays uh, in the structure of the offense and guys that don't make a ton of mistakes. And that's Geno Smith and that's Jared Goff. And, and so when I'm thinking about, okay, if the Eagles falter, if Dallas falters, uh, San Francisco, who's yeah. the next one? And I think you got to think about Detroit and I think you got to think about Seattle. I, I want to go a little bit further on, on the Detroit Lions because they play in an NFC North division, Eric, that you know is going through a ton of turnover and doesn't look uh, nearly the way it looked a couple of seasons ago as far as the strength of the division. Detroit obviously is being hyped by not just media pundits like yourself, but the National Football League, right? Putting them in the opening game of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think is the biggest vote of confidence for Detroit football that you could possibly get. When you look at Detroit's roster and what they did last year, do you think Jared Goff is in a position to duplicate that success. I think he is. I mean, they kept Ben Johnson, right? That's the biggest addition for them. Um, they lost CJ Chark, but they get back uh, Marvin Jones. Uh, you know, t- at tight end, you know, they get Sam Porter from Iowa. And it's, Iowa tight ends are always a good bet. Yeah. Offensive line's tremendous. Defensive line. Uh, Hutchinson's a year into it. Ali McNeil's a year into it. Uh, and then in the secondary, they went out and got Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Cam Sutton, they, 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 they passed it up back there where they had a lot of trouble. And even though Jack Campbell was a surprise pick and mm-hmm. one that a lot of analytics people like me didn't like, the reason they didn't make the playoffs last year is they couldn't stop a nosebleed against, you know, Seattle, against Carolina's run yeah. game, and, and, you know, New England's run game to an extent as well. And so if they can, you know, be tougher there, uh, they can certainly win. This is the first time since 1992 mm-hmm. that, the, that the Detroit Lions have been favored to win their own division. And back then it was the NFC Central – now it's the NFC North. They've never won the NFC North. Wow. Um, and I think, like, 
you know, the, the great fan base. I think the NFL wants them to be good to the extent that they can want a team to be good. And, and I think they have the ingredients to do it. I mean, Jared Goff's a quarterback that's played in February. You can't really say that about a lot right. of quarterbacks. I definitely agree with that. I, I'm stunned that the Lions are the favorites right now to win that NFC North. When it comes to that division, I feel like I'm all over the team that everyone seemingly forgot about. Green Bay Packers, man. I feel like Jordan Love, for for a quarterback that's getting ready to start a week one in a season opener for the first time in his career, the roster around him, Eric, isn't in bad shape, right? Like, they've got good weaponry along uh, the perimeter at the receiver spot and at running back. The offensive line, patchwork, I would call it, but they've got some key veterans returning. And then that defense, I think talent was never the issue on that side of the football. It's about whether or not they can stay healthy and whether or not Joe Barry can push the right buttons. What do you think the outlook for the Green Bay Packers should be, and do you think they have a legit shot to win this division? Yeah, the market's opened them at about 5-1 to one to win that division. Now it's down to 7-2, to two, so a lot of people, I think, will agree with you. Uh, and that is, to me, the best bet in that division because, you know, Chicago feels overhyped to me. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't hate that their fan base is happy, but uh, to me, I haven't seen enough <laughs> in field. <laughs> yeah, and um, – by the way, the Bears are an example of if you do tank, your your fan base will still be there for you, by yeah. the way. Um, and and, and Minnesota is just like that was a paper tiger last year. There yeah. was a lot of, uh, you know, they lost a lot of players. So, yeah, to your point, Green Bay's defense was hyped last year when they got Devontae Wyatt and, and uh, Quay Walker in the draft. And usually it takes a – usually that you're always a year early on mm-hmm. defenses, right? So if they can play great defense, people forget. I like Matt LaFleur a lot. I think – you know, the 2017-2018 years for Aaron Rodgers were not good no. <laughs> by his standards. 2019 was also, like, he got 13 wins out of a Packers team with a quarterback that wasn't playing tip-top shape. That's why they drafted Jordan Love. Uh-huh. And then he was able to at least get Aaron Rodgers to buy into that offense enough to win two MVPs after that. And so not to say that Jordan Love's going to be an MVP. I, I think that it, he'll run the offense. He'll draw between the lines. And in the NFC, look at the quarterbacks. If you can draw between the lines yep. – uh, you know, at a, at a fifth grade level, you can win, right? <laughs> like look, Derek Carr, you know, Jared Goff, as yep. we talked about, Geno Smith. There's not a lot of, you know, creators on that side of the ball uh, in the NFC. And, you know, Jordan Love can fit in. Yeah, they can make a playoff. I, I'd have them in the playoffs if I was, if I was uh, you know, predicting today. Wow. That is a uh, bold declaration, Mr. Eric Eager. We are joined uh, by our pal Eric Eager on the BetQL guest hotline. He is the co-host of the Summer Sports Podcast, uh, with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. Make sure uh, you download that wherever you get your podcast and follow Eric on Twitter at EricEager underscore. Uh, you mentioned the NFC and the lack of firepower at the quarterback position behind Jalen Hurts. I want to jump to the NFC West for a second and talk about the Seattle Seahawks because, as you mentioned, getting Devon Witherspoon and Jackson Smith the Jigba, I think, represents probably the best first round that any team had. Uh, in April's draft, when you look at same kind of question that, that I asked about Jared Goff, do you think Geno Smith can duplicate the success that he had last year because the completion percentage and just how efficient he was, it felt like it was insane, but you may agree with this, Eric. Down the stretch, it seemed like Geno faltered a little bit. Yeah, he, he faded a little down the stretch. Uh, they have continuity there, though, at offensive coordinator, which helps. 
his completion percentage over expected was best in football, which takes into account depth of target and all that. He's a very good technical thrower, yeah. which I don't think we ever uh, believed until he did it. And, and, <laughs> right. and, but I'm, I'm inclined to believe in the sort of late blooming quarterback. And we don't get that as much anymore because of the way the rookie wage scale is and all that. So I'm buying in. Um, I think, you know, Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross, the two yeah. tackles there, um, you know, it's hard to perform the way they did as rookies. I can only see them really improving. Uh, and the running back position, Charbonnet and, and Walker are fantastic. Um, you know, tight ends a little bit, a little bit mad there, but you know, wide receiver is about as good as it gets. Uh, besides maybe Cincinnati, as far as the top three guys. So yeah, that offense should be perform well. I think when I worry about Seattle, and, and to me, it's a good bet at like two to one, five to two, or whatever to win that division because you know it's really only one other team they're competing with. Um, the only thing that that keeps me up at night about them is the pass rush. Can they generate a pass right. rush? They don't really have anybody who you think about as a premier player along the defensive line rushing the passer because linebacker, they get Wagner back, and they obviously have a Woolen and Witherspoon. Uh, you know, maybe Jamal Adams is a blitzer. It's going to end up being their pass rush, but I don't know if that's sustainable either. That's, to me, the weakness. I actually don't have that many concerns over Geno Smith. I think Geno Smith will be good enough uh, to be a top, you know, half a dozen passer in the NFC, which should be good enough to make the playoffs. Should be, man. You mentioned the pass rush in Seattle. That obviously uh, was an issue for them last year. They draft Derek Hall, the edge rusher out of Auburn. So hopefully in his rookie season, he can come in and uh, make some things shake at that edge rusher spot. Eric, a question I posed last night on the show. Uh, when we look at the landscape of the AFC and the NFC in terms of playoff teams and teams that made the playoffs a season ago, could you give me one NFC and one AFC playoff team that you think is in the most danger of missing the postseason uh, this time around? Yeah, good I mean, Minnesota's the easy one, the NFC. Yeah. I think we'll we'll throw that one. <laughs> like, yeah, I think the Giants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Giants are the one, right? Where I like the I like getting Jalen Hyatt in the draft. I think he's a and, and Darren Waller. I think they're he's those two are going to be the like the a version of Travis Kelsey and Marquez Valdez Scantling that you have in, in Kansas City. That deep threat, and that right. that guy that can open up the middle of the field. But man, it's it's just tough to see them doing what they did a season ago. They had. Their schedule going into last year was the NFL's easiest. It's not this year. Yeah. Uh, and Daniel Jones is the kind of quarterback where when you pay him $40 million a year, it just doesn't add up to me. Uh, so so that's the one on the NFC side. The AFC's got a bunch of them, right? Yeah. I mean, the Dolphins, the, uh, the Chargers, I think, are two teams that easily could uh, fall out of the playoff race uh, again. Um, you know, I, I think Denver's going to make a push to make the playoffs. But you, you think about it. You look at these divisions, wow. them. You, you know how many of them are going to have multiple teams. You know, the, you throw yeah. the AFC South out of it, um, but then you think, okay, the Jets. There's a spot for the Jets in the playoffs. Well, then, is there a spot for the Dolphins? There's got you know the Browns look like a, a like a house as a yeah. team, but is there a spot for them with the Ravens and Bengals? And then in the AFC West, like I'll make a case for Sean Payton, uh, who can get a Trevor Simeon, you know, Ian Book team to nine and eight. Uh, you know, so you can certainly get Will to the right. playoffs, but then does that mean the Chargers are going to falter? So it, it's just hard, man. The, the musical chairs in the AFC are going to be tough. Eric, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and maybe it's a, a super steamy take. The, the team that I went with in the AFC was the Buffalo Bills, and it it's, has a lot to do with a recency bias. I understand that offensively they, they loaded up this offseason, getting Dalton Kincaid, and I believe they also brought in Damian Harris as well. But it seems like there's friction between Stephon Diggs in mm-hmm. the front office and Josh Allen. That worries me. And then the last time we saw them, Eric, in the wild card round against Miami, they looked pathetic. They almost lost to Skylar Thompson. 
And then the Cincinnati Bengals, excuse my French, straight up whipped their ass in the divisional round. What do you think of the Buffalo Bills heading into next year? And do you think they can shake back? The Bills remind me of those old Colts teams where, like, the Bills, let's, let's be honest, until Bob Miller got hurt, the Bills were the best team in the NFL yeah. last year. They went into Kansas City. They covered four or three and a half, I think. They covered three and a half. They, they're the one team Patrick Mahomes is an underdog, has been absolutely filleted. Um, they were, they, you know, were beating teams up. And then Von Miller got hurt. Josh Allen's arm you know, kind of blew up on him. The secondary receiver thing, to your point about Kincaid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, caught up to them. They were six-point favorites in that game against the Bengals. Like, I, I, like, I tend to believe in the markets maybe a little bit more than that. And, mm-hmm. and when they re-offered the odds after they lost, they were still, like, the second most likely team to make, win the Super Bowl this year. To me, this team, it's going to be like that 2006 Colts team where in 03, 04, 05, they were the bee's knees. Everybody loved them. Everybody was like, we're, we're done with them. They can't win the big game. And then randomly they go and win one from the three seed uh, with Peyton Manning um, you know, against the Chicago Bears. I think that that's, you know, if I, if I had a, if I, I'm like almost the exact opposite of mm-hmm. you. If I had a hot take, I think the Bills, are, I think the Bills could win the Super Bowl this year. And, um, and, we're all, and it's going to be kind of that, that narrative where – Usually it's not the best team that wins the Super Bowl every year. Kansas City was certainly not the best team in the NFL last right. year. And and I think the Rams obviously weren't when they won it in 21. Uh, I think the, the Bills are kind of that underrated where they take a step back. They, they don't have the bullseye on their back, and, and, it, and it opens up for them. Yeah, look, I, I can be convinced either way, Eric, when it comes to Buffalo. As you mentioned, talent rules in this league normally, right? And when you look at their roster, 1 through 53, they are loaded. I just worry about... Is Josh Allen going to mature at the quarterback position? Because I felt like last year he felt like he tried to do too much at times and ended up biting them in the butt as the season wore down. Eric, I'll let you go on this, man. My biggest threat to the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl title this year as a team up 95 here, the Baltimore Ravens. What do you think about their outlook going into 2023? Yeah, the offense should be great. The offense should be great. Todd Monken, the last time he called plays, he was offensive coordinator in that disaster Freddie Kitchen season in Cleveland. But the last time he called plays, Ryan Fitzpatrick led the league in yards per pass attempt. So, you know, wow. he can do wonders. And they got, you know, obviously Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, Odell. Mark Andrews is the second best tight end in the whole league. Isaiah Likely is a really good secondary guy. Running backs are always good for them. Um, offensive line's fine, not as good as it was when they were great. Um, the question for me, the leak there, and in a division where you face the Bengals wide receivers, the Browns with Watson, and you know, you know Steelers have really good weapons as well, what are you going to do on defense? Chuck Clark's gone. Yeah. Uh, you know, Marcus Peters, for now, ostensibly is gone. Uh, you know, you're, you're looking at Adapa away. You're looking at David Njabu. You know, try to get a pass rush. To me, it's sort of a flipping of what has historically been the Ravens' motto, which is hmm. they've invested a lot on offense, and I think the offense is going to be good, especially if Lamar stays healthy. When top, you know, Lamar's a top ten player in the NFL. Right. It's the defense, and like what happens, you know, can they stop people? So, and and if you can't stop people, that like kind of run first, kind of power running game with the quarterback isn't right. as effective. So that's that's my one worry about the Ravens. It'll be interesting to see, man. We're about a month out from training camp as the season gets closer, my man. We'll talk to you more. Appreciate you giving me hey, some time, you. Eric. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Take care. Always good catching up with Eric Eager. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at Eric Eager underscore and check out the Summer Sports Podcast with Eric and former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. We're creeping up on the 9 o'clock hour here in the program, man. Still plenty more to get to. Top of the 9 o'clock hour. 
Uh, we'll talk some more NFL, and we'll look at Dan Handis of NFL.com. He put together a pretty interesting list. Uh, I told you always, it's list season uh, here in the National Football League as we're about 30 days away from the start of training camp. When we get back, though, I want to ask a question that I feel like isn't being asked enough. Jalen Hurts, clear-cut the best quarterback in the NFC, who's the second-best quarterback in the conference. I'll tell you what I think next. This is the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to give a big thank you to Eric Eager, the host of the Summer Sports Podcast with former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. He joined us in the last segment. If you missed any of my conversation with Eager, make sure you download the always free Odyssey app. Use the Odyssey Rewind feature and go to the top of the 835 segment for my conversation uh, with Eric Eager. Always good getting the chance to catch up with Eric and talking the latest on the National Football League, man. And it's crazy. Eric got his hip 70 days away from week one of the National Football League, and we were talking about it in our conversation with Eric, man. The Detroit Lions and the fact that they are in the opening game of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs, they better not get blown out. That's the one thing I worry about when it comes to the NFL buying into the hype of a team. That is a rarity to me. It normally feels like, you know, they wouldn't lean into something like that, but when we were looking at eventual opponents for the Kansas City Chiefs and who they could potentially match up with in week one. Looking at their schedule, I could have thought of a gazillion better opponents than the Detroit Lions. I mean, just just being honest, right? Like, why would we choose why would we choose Detroit to take on Kansas City when you've got the New York Jets on their schedule? You've got the Philadelphia Eagles on their schedule. You've got the Buffalo Bills on their schedule. You've got the Bengals on their schedule. And we chose, we we chose the Lions. I, I I can't wrap my brain around it, man. It is uh, it's interesting. I personally don't think the Lions are going to be worth the damn this year. I think they're going to come crashing back down to earth. But more power to them if they end up being a legit threat uh, in the NFC. Speaking of the NFC, I wanted to look at the quarterback position specifically in the conference, and obviously Jalen Hurts is the clear cut best quarterback in this conference. When we look at the other teams in the NFC, in terms of the quarterback position, who would you consider the second best quarterback in the conference? I want to take your calls on that. 
1067 is the number. You can tweet at me as well. It's at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. Who do you think is the second best quarterback in the NFC? We know Jalen Hurts led the Eagles to the Super Bowl, had arguably the best statistical performance in Super Bowl history. He's earned it, right, as being the number one quarterback in the conference. As far as number two, who do you think it is? There's a couple of really interesting choices out there. You can look in his own division. Dak Prescott, although the interceptions were a huge bugaboo of his last year, there's an argument to be made. He's one of the top three or four quarterbacks in the conference. I look in the NFC North. I think Jared Goff, based on the play of him last year, he's shown himself as an ascending quarterback in the conference. There's an argument he's in that top four or five players. Kirk Cousins, statistically speaking, numbers don't lie. I mean, his numbers speak for themselves. It's very clear he's one of the top four or five quarterbacks. Justin Fields. It's more of a projection when we talk about Fields and his status in the NFC, but on the ground, last year he proved himself to be the best rushing quarterback in football outside of Lamar Jackson. So when we talk about this NFC conference and the quarterback landscape, I think there's an argument to be made for a couple of different guys. We talked to Eric Eager, and he told us that he's real bullish on the Seattle Seahawks. You know why? Because Geno Smith last year, for the first time in his career, looked like a franchise quarterback in this league. Now, I don't know if he could duplicate that success, but it at least puts him in the conversation uptown, Don, not Finland, Geno Smith. Honestly, though, and we'll get to this on the other side of the break, y'all not so sure that Geno Smith can replicate his success and we're not sure that Jared Goff can replicate his success. I'm not sure Jalen Hurts can replicate his success. I'll explain more next. This is the fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.